Oh, boy, here we go. It is hump day already on the Wednesday of this final Supercross week of the year. Wrapping it all up in Utah, and I have to tell you, as excited as I am that Pala is coming up here in a couple of weeks and we're going to kick off the outdoor season at Fox Raceway, I feel deflated. Like there's some deflation. There's so many guys are down and hurt that uh, like Moto and I were talking about this yesterday. Like you've got Chase Sexton, Adam Cianzarillo, Dylan Ferrandez, Jet Lawrence, Aaron Plessinger. Those are the, those are all the big names that will be there for that opening round of outdoor season. And everyone else is hurt, and, you know, some will come back in a couple of weeks, a few weeks, four weeks, six weeks, whatever. But we've got a lot of outdoor that's not going to have very many superstars in it. And with that being said, you're going to lose a lot of just the, the, the com, you know, the competitorship of it. And like the, It is not going to be nearly as competitive with fewer really big names out there. So it's kind of a bummer. We're stoked on going, and we're stoked on getting into the outdoor season. It's always fun to kick off the summer, but just a bummer. It's 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 a bummer to me is what is happening. So uh, we still got to get through the Supercross season, and the way this thing has gone the last few weeks, losing premier riders left and right, but we'll see how it goes in this final round. We may end up losing another, maybe miss somebody else before we get into Supercross, so or into the motocross, but man, what a mofo. Speaking of dudes that are Supercross riders that will not be at the pro motocross season, Kenny Roxon, who made the announcement after we talked to him. We didn't know this at the time of the race. We talked to Kenny right after the Denver Supercross, and we'll get that interview coming up for you next. Chase Sexton in the middle of the show, then at the end of the show, bam, we'll slap you back across the face with a little Roxon schnitzel. So that is all coming up on the show today. Now, besides moto, uh, I'm going to do some moto ranting. I got a uh, interesting one about, I got a couple hacker stories today. One that the U.S. government says we just disrupted a huge hacking thing. And then another one where a business out in San Bernardino got hacked and apparently they just paid. And it'll surprise you when I tell you who it was. San Bernardino. I got a UFO story for that ass because that's what I love to do. You know I love the UFO stories and the paranormal crap. I have a strange, ironic story about a man that was killed over the weekend. Very ironic and strange. And then I've got your man entertainment and your moto minutes and all of that fun stuff. And I'm going to have a rant, too, about a huge fight I had with Moto Man yesterday. Because, by the way, here's what I've determined after the argument I had with Moto Man that went on for hours yesterday. Uh, I am a huge fan of Supercross and Motocross. I am not a dork-ass fan. I am not like... It's like, you can like baseball, and then there's those baseball fans you want to punch in the face because they're so over-the-top into balls and strikes... Well, this guy was better because, well, technically, he uh, did it on fewer pitches and he was able to hit more home runs. Like, well, we've got those people in Moto, too. And Moto Man is one of those guys. And I am not. And I never will be in anything. I love football more than anything. 
but I'm not a purist of any, uh, anything that could be better or whatever I'm going to talk about. And Moto is still butthurt about Saturday night. And he tried to blame it on me. And we're going to fix that immediately. I'm going to go into my interview with my friend Kenny Roxon, who, by the way, does not like Moto Man. I don't know if you're aware. I like Moto Man. Kenny Roxon does not like Moto Man. I think Kenny Roxon thinks he's a dork, a, 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 a motocross purist dork. So we're going to get into this. It's going to be some fun stuff. But you know what sucks? I'm not going to defend it because I do not, uh, will not be here Saturday again for the motocross coverage, the supercross coverage in Utah. So, all right, we're going to get into Kenny Roxon next. And I'm going to come back and tell you about my big argument with Moto Man. And, and, and by the way, I, I'm not doing this to dime out Moto Man. I'm doing this to dime out. Uh, I think there's a large faction of people that think like Moto Man, and I'm going to set you straight. It's what I do because I'm uh, King Stretch, and I will be King Stretch after we talk to my friend Ken Roxon, who does not like Moto Man. Coming up on a Big 4-9. Big 49, it is a stretch show, and right now we are sitting down with a dude that is just rattling off podium after podium in the 450 division. His name is Kenny Roxon, one of the last men standing, too, and you are now moving up, Kenny, to where you're just one point out of third place going into the season finale, but it looked like that might not be the case when this race started tonight. Walk us through this main event. Like, what happened? You, you had a crash. You were in last place, and then you end up on the podium tonight. A very, very impressive ride. Walk us through, you know, the beginning of that race when you went down. Um, so I I took a little bit of risk going so far inside on the gate, but okay. all the ruts were so horrible, and um, it was kind of the one of the, be the best ruts after the uh, gate. And I knew that if I had a – the jump and just click gears and, and held it open, I'd have a good start. And, and okay. I really did, but I just don't think I had enough of a wheel and I ran it in there hard, got closed off and uh, unfortunately went down, didn't yeah. get hit, which was great. Bike was still running <laughs> and picked it up and second turn, there were a couple of guys down and I ran right in there and just had to pull my bike out and um, get oh, going man. again. And then, okay. yeah, after that, I just kind of went all caveman style a little bit and <laughs> just charged forward and um, had fun with it because I, I really had nothing to lose and yeah. um, I had a lot of fun out there and I think this is the best I've written in a, in a long time and um, I think with a better start or at least not going down I think I could have had a chance at maybe being closer to the win and, and battle yeah. chase and but not today but overall I got to take the positives uh, bike was running great I was feeling great and second again another podium I'm beyond happy. Yeah, it, it was a great ride, man. It was a very impressive ride. Good to see you looking well and healthy as we go into the end of the year. And let's talk about healthy. You, Kenny, we know have had your own share of injuries and had to overcome things. You're sitting up on a podium right now with Adam, who has had to overcome a lot of injuries, is on his way back as well. You've seen so many of your colleagues go down in recent weeks with uh, Barsha, with Cooper Webb, then tonight Eli goes down with a horrific injury. Uh, uh, walk us through that, you know, like your journey with the injuries and overcoming that and getting back to this form where you're looking really, really good right now in the Supercross standings. Um, yeah, you know, it's, it's no secret that I as well have had a couple of really hard years yeah. um, physically uh, with my health and uh, that weighed on me heavily mentally as well. And it's like what Adam said, you know, it sucks going into the weekend, not knowing what you're going to get. It doesn't matter how much effort you put in. It's, 
it was just a tough time and I also was down in the dumps and I, yeah. I didn't know if I was honestly wanting to do this anymore. Just it wasn't healthy for me mentally, physically and uh but at the same time I uh I kinda just went one day at a time. That's really all you can do, you know. Um one day at a time and, and do what, what makes me happy and hanging out with my family, seeing Griff grow up and it's just there's so many little things that contribute to all of this. Yeah. And now that I think back to the beginning of the season and what we have been thrown in with, you know, developing the bike and yeah. that um, where we are at now yeah. is, I mean, it's a difference like day and night. You can see it in my riding and everything. And, and it wasn't just only trying to make the bike better, but I was also trying to build on myself. You know, I haven't, yeah. you know, in the last few years made it through an entire Supercross season um, a whole lot of times. And yeah, we got one more to go, but I... I think this is honestly, weirdly, one of the best years probably I've had, and definitely the most fun I've had in a in a long time. Though there were some tough times again this year, yeah. but right now we just kept charging forward, and I, and I think it's just about the people that I have around me, my team, um, friends, family, uh, everything around me. It's it's all the puzzle pieces that I was always talking about that I need to to put together somehow. Yeah, and I feel like we have done that and we can always be better but at the same time we we got to enjoy the moment and, and and be satisfied with what we got right here right now and, and look forward charge and and um you know i'm planning on uh, always surrounding myself with good people of course and and one of the things in surrounding yourself with good people would be surrounding yourself with a good team and you really seem to have uh re-blossomed if you will with this hep team uh walk us through that and 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 i know you've talked about it what a great experience it is for you so far but uh walk us through that a little bit as you made that decision to join this team and it was late right before supercross season i know you didn't get much time on the bike but Walk us through that that point when you decided to join this team, where you seemed to have found some some real happiness. Absolutely, um, it, it was. I was when I went and tested the bike. I, I yeah. kind of don't want to say I made up my mind, but I had a good <laughs> idea on the direction that I wanted to go. But right. I wanted it to be fair and give <clears throat> every bike that I was trying, or every for every team that I was trying out. Yeah. Um, I wanted to keep it fair and do everything that we have planned, and not say, "Hey, I'm not going to go ride that bike because I want to do this." So I went there with an open mind and. I felt the bike had really, really, really good bones, but that also yeah. came with a lot of work because we had to, it went from motor to clutch to um, suspension, like we had to really flip the bike upside down. I just think yeah. maybe nobody before that has put in really that, that, that aggressive time and, and when I want something, I'm persistent and the team, I mean, they have, if, they, if I want a horn on my bike, they put a horn on my bike, so that, that's pretty rad and, and it also shows what we're doing, it's in black and white again, yeah. right? Like. I think if we all work together and um, team listens to the rider and rider listens to the team, everything respectfully handled, um, I think it's a recipe for success. And uh, yeah, it was it was a big gamble, but I followed my gut. But then in the end, doing it yeah. and actually making it happen, you know, getting a win and podiums and just like pushing this entire train into a good direction, that's a whole other story. You know, you can dream about it, think about it, and um, it might never happen, but it, it did so i think that's why i'm i'm so happy and um 
I think that's why we all are happy, honestly. And, and speaking of all, the, up on that podium right now, you've got some history with these dudes, with Chase Sexton. You guys were teammates for a long time, but he rode with you when he was just a, a wee lad coming up. And it, also with Adam, like, you guys all have this bond. Like, uh, talk us through being up on the podium tonight with these guys and what it means to have uh, friendship out there on the track. Um, I think we can all agree. I think it, it, the biggest thing is putting your ego down and uh, okay. we we push each other, but we're friends also, you know, and I, I think, yeah. you know, me and Chase been hanging out a lot. Adam and I are a lot on the phone and I'm just genuinely stoked, you know, that if once you accept that there are young guns coming up and yeah. um, <laughs> it was just like how I was, I came up and then I was kind of on the 250 at times I was faster than Dunge and uh, it, it kind of, it bugs you a little bit, you know, but I think. <laughs> Once you accept that, and yeah. I just think overall we, and honestly, when we're together, I, we don't even talk about dirt bikes most of the time, you know. And yeah. I think um, friendship comes first, and I think that's why we're all gelling together at the moment. So, uh, very cool, man. Happy for all three of you guys. Love seeing the Suzuki up on the podium, and I'm looking right now, and the way it's going to stack up with the championship points, that Suzuki after next week is going to be on the overall podium for the 250 championship. So. Congratulations to you and everybody over at the Progressive HEP Suzuki team because I know uh, that's a huge deal. I don't know if anyone fathomed that. I'm sure you did before you went, but but uh, congratulations on, on actually making that materialize. So can't wait to see what happens next weekend in Utah. Stay healthy, be safe, and we will talk to you then. I am Stretch. This is the Big 49, your home of Moto Rock Extreme. <laughs> Man Just yesterday on the Stretch Show, I was talking about sex tips for the elderly, kind of like a joke. And then we hear today that 79-year-old actor Robert De Niro just had another baby. The guy's got six kids already. He gets around. And then he was doing press for his latest movie. A reporter asked him about being a father, and he said, oh, yeah, I'm another father now. I just had another baby. Yeah, 79 years old. How much Viagra does that dude need? Something kind of entertaining actually happened in baseball. I know they sped the game up this year, and it's a little easier to watch, but man, Royals pitcher Amir Garrett was up on the mound in the seventh inning, and they're having a blowout win, so things are going well, but he doesn't look so good. When the manager went out to the check on him, the guy just started puking his guts out all over the mound. I don't know if he was hungover, if he had something bad to eat, or what the deal was, but it was pretty damn fun. A man named Amir Satterweight is a guy that claims Jay-Z is his dad, and he's been fighting it in court for decades. Apparently his mom says they hooked up, but then when she tried to prove that that was Jay-Z's kid, her lawyer was friends with Jay-Z and they squashed the whole thing and made it go away. The kid's claiming he just wants to know who really his dad is, and I'm looking at pictures of him. He's definitely ugly enough to be Jay-Z's kid, so I don't know if it's true or not, but this guy says he's going to the Supreme Court to find out if Jay-Z's his daddy. The Man Entertainment with Stretch. Big 4-9, it is a stretch show. But right now, I'm going to chastise some people because I'm King Stretch, the most accurate radio psychic in the history of the world, ever, ever, ever. And I had a very long uh, argument with Moto Man about that yesterday. And here's what's weird. God, this is going to sound like I'm some new age bitch, uh, which I am not. I got 99 problems and a bitch A1. Um, but I learned... In all of my days of the therapeutic setting, remember I was in rehab for six years, basically. <laughs> I've never have been an addict, 
I just worked there for six years. I was in that therapeutic environment. And there is something to be said. You're never wrong about the way you feel about something. Now, I may disagree with you adamantly, but you feel that way for a reason. Like, you can't not validate someone's feelings, someone's emotions. Someone's like, I feel this way about this and da-da-da-da. Uh, you can say, yeah, you're wrong, but whatever. You feel that way. I, I don't know why you feel that way. Like, we'll agree to disagree. And that's what happened with uh, Moto and I yesterday. When Moto tried to give me a rash of shit for my gloating on the show, where I was like, I am the greatest, most accurate radio psychic ever in the history of the world. I am King Stretch, the greatest radio psychic ever. I'm shortening it probably to King Stretch because it got very long yesterday, and I don't think it'll fit on my driver's license. So he was pissed. He was like, you know what? You're turning fans off. People are going to stop listening to us because you're gloating that Eli Tomac got hurt. It's like you were rooting for Eli when you talk about you predicted this. And I'm like, no, let's show me where I... First of all, then I called him a Democrat and I said, you're looking to be offended and you're trying to find an angle to be offended because you're really pissed about the situation. I go, if you uh, listen to all the rest of the comments I had throughout the day... They're pretty much like, I'm still, I think even on the Moto Minute, I said something to the effect of like, I'm still sick about Eli Tomac and it's been days and it's still like just a massive blow as a fan. I couldn't imagine how devastating it is to him. That was in the Moto Minute yesterday. And remember, Moto hears the show before anybody else because Moto puts the show into the system. Uh, When I do it, then Moto takes it and puts it in the system and loads it all up. Moto's awesome, by the way. Moto is, is amazing. But I'm like, no, 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 that is not the deal. I never said ever in a million years, like, yeah, I needed Eli to get hurt so Chase could win so I could be the most accurate psychic in the world. I said, there was impossible, impossible odds up to two, three weeks ago that Chase Sexton was going to win the championship. Even though preseason, I picked him. Tarot card said it's got to be Chase. The universe told me that. I just said what the cards told me. I'm like, it was never coming from me. I tell you over and over, that's not how the cards work. The cards work. You think about a question, you go through the cards, you get the cards, you read the card, you interpret that card, you read that card, and it says this. That's what happens. I'm not a psychic. The cards are. So, I can tell you this. I never, ever, 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 ever want anyone to get hurt. Never. Especially Eli Tomac, because I said on the show yesterday, too, I was like, dude, I said he's my favorite writer, and how like gut punched I am about this in many different segments on the show I would never root for something to happen he thinks that me gloating at being the accurate radio psychic who predicted something that had you had better odds of winning the freaking lotto than Chase Sexton being able to win this championship if you were looking at it three weeks ago I bet you could have bet a million dollars on it and you and won like 30 million it's insane the odds at that point but it happened and it's crazy and that is worth noting. Doesn't mean you're gloating about Eli. I get it. Here's what happened. He was so butthurt and so emotionally attached to Eli. And Eli is, he's the biggest star in the game. He's the most squeaky clean, wholesome, wonderful human being in the game. There, there's a few guys that are really great guys like that. But the thing where there's so much respect towards Eli is, he's not dirty. He's never dirty. He races everybody clean. Even if you dirty dog him, he'll just come back and race you harder. You can't get in his head. He's unflappable. He is the rock, man. 
and he is the reigning champ in both outdoor and supercross. He was on his way to getting another supercross title. It was inevitable, and then this freak thing happened. Doesn't mean anyone here wished for it or made it. I didn't. I did point out though that I thought it was Motoman Jason from HYR and Kyle's fault for doing fanboydom on Daniel Blair, who is the devil. And they brought evil energy into the room, and it could be their fault that Eli got hurt. I did throw that up. But I hope you know when I say stupid crap on the radio, I'm joking. My whole angle is to attempt humor here on the show every day. Everything I say, when I rip on my friends who I actually like, I'm joking. When I rip on myself, I'm joking, because I really love myself, if you can't tell. But I do rip on myself. And I've never, ever, ever rooted for someone to get hurt. I will admit, okay, all all honesty, this is good. I hope this does, doesn't mess up the relationship that I have with this man. There was a time when we first started the 49, and I was in a room with the two biggest circle jerk Honda fanboys you've ever seen. Their names are Moto Man and Jason from HYR. And he was like, the Honda, 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 hey! And I was just like, oh, God. And they were Ken Roxon fan boys. And Kenny was probably going to win the championship. And he was on his way to win the championship. It's hard to say. This is hard to say. And I threw a Woggy at him. A Woggy. Woggy is a powerful mojo that I threw at him. I threw a powerful negative mojo at Kenny on the screen in the studio while we were on the races doing race coverage. And Kenny crashed. And you know what happened? Cooper Webb passed him, and Cooper Webb went on to win the championship. That's a a true story. And then after that, all the plumbing in the studio exploded. Moto still holds that against me. I threw a Woggy in the studio, which I shouldn't have done. It's like a dark mojo thing, and I threw it at Kenny, and Kenny crashed. He didn't get hurt. He just, like, did this most beautiful crash I've ever seen. He dismounted, gracefully landed on his feet off the bike, but still got passed, and Cooper goes on to win the championship. That's a true story right there. I did do that. But I've never, I did, and I didn't, like, say get hurt. I just needed him to, to crash a little so Cooper could pass him, and he did. And that's the only time I've ever done that. But I haven't done anything like that since, and I promised to never use the uh, dark woggy powers. And no more Woggies. There's a thing. We throw no more Woggies at anything. And I have not done it since that day because I saw how powerful it was and I felt bad. So that that could have been my fault. But on this one with Eli, especially how much I, I don't I don't know anyone that can say bad things about it. If you say anything about Eli, you 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 just don't like yourself. The guy is the epitome of class and amazing incredible writer and he is a joy to watch and I like everything about that dude so if anyone's thinking that I am in any way rooting for the demise of Eli Tomac you are an idiot like Motoban big idiot giant idiot we had this argument this argument went on for hours yesterday and they're like you shouldn't be gloating that Jay Sexton is the guy you picked and that uh, people are really upset I go I'm upset what are you talking about but I'm still the greatest most gifted accurate radio psychic in the history of ever bow to me by the way i pulled the tarot cards they said kyle's gonna get hit by a bus i'm just saying i'm just saying that's what they said i pulled them out that's what they said i haven't touched them in a while first thing they told me up oh, kyle's getting hit by a butt i'm like oh that's not cool wait till i tell the numb nuts is this they're all gonna freak out yeah 
food. And that's not a Wagyu. That's just tarot cards. That's just crazy. I don't know what's going on. You guys all better watch out. Watch out for buses, Kyle. Don't take the bus either. You may fall under it when you're getting off or something. Like, don't get on the bus, Kyle. Be careful. All right. I'm Stretch. It's the Big 49. <laughs> big, 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 big. The Big 49. Moto. Minute. Brought to you by LBZ. Gotta love it when Ronnie Mac puts up a new video. This one's called Family Reunion. It's available now on his YouTube channel. And it's Ronnie just going out riding with his old buddies Trey Kennard and Jimmy Albertson. And all those dudes can throw it down on a bike. It's fun to see them uh, goofing around and having a good time. You love good moto videos. And we definitely love Ronnie Mac right here around the Big 49. He is a friend of the 49. I am Stretch. Another Moto Minute brought to you by LBZ is coming up one hour from now. Big 49, it is a stretch show. You know what this music means. It's time to talk a little UFOs, bitches. Love the UFO stories. I still wonder, are, are the... Here's something to think about. You know, we're getting really good at making fake videos now. And how every time you go on social media, there's a picture of a fighter jet chasing a UFO, which you're like, that's fake. It's just so easy to do now. The technology's come to where it's very easy to fake stuff. And now we've got deep fakes, like the stuff uh, you'll see, like Joe, I see Joe Biden videos of him saying stuff. That, and don't get me wrong, he doesn't need any help saying stupid stuff. But there's a lot of fake videos out there that they're using AI of making him say stuff he didn't say. Same thing with uh, Donald Trump, and, and you see it all over. It's very easy to fake stuff now. And as we get into the UFO thing, do you think the government's behind making it super easy to fake stuff to help blurry the lines in the UFO deal as we get into this world where everyone's got a camera, everyone can fake something so now every time you see if you see a real ufo vi video you're gonna say that's bs if you see a real ghost video you're gonna say that's bs the best ghost video i have of all the ghost videos i have from working at haunted rehab uh the best ghost video i have i look at it and i say this is a video i sat there and watched this as it happened and i was in the next room watching it happen on the camera and i can tell you i could fake this video the most easily fake video. It would be easy to do. I understand where someone can look at it. And that's the problem with the UFOs. So, anyway, this is a National Geographic special that is coming. And it's about an incident in 15 years ago that happened over Texas. And there were over 300 eyewitnesses to it. And this was before we were really great at fake technology. And these people saw it with their eyes. They witnessed it. And it was two F-16 jets that were chasing, they say, up to 100 UFOs across the sky. And they say the UFOs were going at 1,900 miles an hour. And the jets were hauling ass trying to keep up, and the UFOs were just outrunning their asses. And they interview all kinds of eyewitnesses to this. They interview a pilot who was on, like, a picnic with his family, and he saw it. And he says that the lights, that the UFOs were just lights, and they were, he said, bright like magnesium flares in the sky, how bright they were, only they were going 1,900 miles an hour as they blew by. Now you're like, all right, Stretch, how can you identify if you don't know what size it is, what altitude it is, what speed it is? Here's where this story gets really interesting. Somehow, 
they, in the cover-up, they didn't get in and destroy the radar footage. So they've got the radar mappings of this incident, and they know from the radar that these things were going 1,900 miles an hour. And they got the uh, freedom of information laws. They were able to obtain the radar footage from the night of the sightings, which was January 8th, 2008. And it shows these UFOs being pursued by two fighter jets. They say this footage is of 510 close encounters between military personnel and unidentified craft currently being probed by the All-Domain Anomaly Resolution Office on behalf of the U.S. Department of Defense. The existence of the radar footage was revealed in this special National Geographic's new series, UFOs, investigating the unknown, and they uh, have already aired it. I'm just catching wind of this. And remember, this got Christopher Mellon in it. Christopher Mellon is the guy that's deep in with uh, Lou Alessandro. Lou Alessandro's a Pentagon guy, which I don't trust 100%. And Chris, Christopher Mellon was the former U.S. Deputy Assistant Secretary of Defense for Intelligence. I don't trust him either. You held that job and all of a sudden you want to get a clear conscience on UFOs and you're coming forward? Or do you did you hold that job, you're kind of retired, but you're still never really out of the club once you join the club and you're trying to help your friends there and make it look like you're shedding light on UFOs when you're really maybe muddying the waters or you've got maybe they're friendly and you know this but you're trying to make them look hostile so you can help your friends get more money for defense I trust neither one of those guys as much as I respect the hell out of their work like that that uh, documentary Lou Elizondo did with Christopher Mellon was next level good and Tom DeLong from Blink 182 somehow brought all this together is insane but it is a very interesting show on the National Geographic channel and you should check it out there are a lot of eyewitnesses to this account and some really cool stuff and I'm very surprised that they did not destroy that radar because remember when you talk to the guys on the Nimitz and the, uh, the American battle fleets that are out at sea that keep getting bombarded with UFOs, after they have these encounters, a plane lands or a helicopter lands and some guys get off from the U.S. Navy or whatever or uh, CIA and they go in and they take all their radar data, they take the hard drives and they roll out and then no one's ever able to prove it. So I'm surprised this one was left intact after this incident happened over Texas way back uh, in the early 2000s. But very cool stuff. Something to think about, something to see. UFO stories are fun. Up next, though, uh, let's talk about... I know. I like to talk about Australia just being deadly. Let's go to India. Because that's no walk in the park either with wildlife encounters. Tell you what a family found inside their house when we come back on the Big Four Nine. The Big 49 Moto Minute Brought to you by LBZ Alright, time to look at the championship points For the 450 division Saturday night, we know that Chase Sexton Essentially clinched it Because no one who is active Has a chance of catching him in points Eli Tomac will not be racing this weekend In Utah, but here's the good news For Eli Tomac 
He was so far ahead that he is now going to finish second no matter what happens. Eli will be the second place finisher for the 450 division this year. Chase Sexton will take the championship. Now, bad news for Cooper Webb. He was going to still get a podium finish in third place, but Kenny Roxon has moved up to just one point behind him. So if Kenny gets two points on Saturday in Utah, he will get on the podium for the 450 final championship round, and that is pretty damn impressive on a damn Suzuki. So Kenny Roxon has worked his butt off, but... The other guys all in the top seven are all out hurt. You've got Eli Tomac out hurt, Cooper Webb, Justin Barsha, Jason Anderson, and Aaron Plessinger, all who are banged up currently and will not be getting any points in Utah. I am Stretch, another Moto Minute brought to you by LBZ is coming up one hour from now. Big 4-9, it is the Stretch Show on a hump day. Thank you for listening to us. Thank you for being here. Thank you for knowing I am not an Eli hater. Moto Man. You douche nozzle. <laughs> Watch out for that bus cop. That's what the card said. I, this is not stress predictions. This is just what the cards say. Sometimes I go to the cards and I'm like, hey, cards, what's happening today? And they say, Kyle's going to get hit by a bus. And I'm like, oh, crap, I better tell Kyle. I was going to tell him on Saturday, but now I'm not going to be there on Saturday. I'm very busy. I'm a very busy man. It's going to free up here soon, though. Everything's going to change soon. I'm holding out hope that everything's going to change soon. Oh, boy. Let me tell you about something that happened in India. Family. They came back from a long day of work in India. And they come into their house. Apparently, they're having a big, heavy rain season. You know what happens when it starts pouring buckets and buckets of rain? You get like a monsoon season. Animals and wildlife try to find shelter just like humans do. And they come to come inside. Well, this family came inside on Wednesday, May 3rd, only to be confronted with a very strange-looking white snake inside their house. You're like a white snake. Yeah, here's the that was the good news. It was a white snake. The bad news is... It was a ultra-rare, fully albino King Cobra. King Cobra. An albino King Cobra in the house. Tell me, I would sell that house. I would move. I would burn it. There might be more. It was five foot long. They say it had washed into the home during the heavy rainy season. Uh, Coimbatore, southern India is where this occurred. And what's weird is they didn't kill it. They didn't freak out. They, I, th- I think they ran for the hills and they called the Wildlife and Nature Conservation Trust. And they came out and removed it. And not only did they not kill it. Remember, we're in India where it's bad to kill things. You get, you get bad mojo. They uh, took it and brought it out into a place deep into the wild and released this very deadly King Cobra. Now, albino King Cobra onto a nature preserve the Indian cobra known scientifically as Naja Naja is one of the big four species of snake responsible for most of the snake bites that occur in humans in South Asia. Oh yeah, they're really fatal. They'll kill the hell out of you. So imagine coming home find a little albino snake in there. How about that? How about you see a white snake here and you think, oh wow, then it starts rattling its tail and you're like, oh, it's a rattler. That would suck balls. All right, up next, let's talk to Chase Sexton, my friend, from the HRC Honda team. 450 champ. It's the big 49.
big, 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 big. The Big 49. Moto. Minute. Brought to you by LBZ. Well, it looks like something good has actually come of all of those idiot douchebags that get on dirt bikes and ATVs and ride all over the city streets with lawlessness and reckless abandon. In Baltimore, at least, they're going to get a motocross dirt bike park right in the city of Baltimore. They announced $3 million in federal funds coming for a STEM program. Now, that's a program in Baltimore that has about 9,000 kids in it, and they say that this uh, motocross track in the heart of the city will help give students an interest in science, technology, engineering, and math all through dirt bikes. So hopefully something good comes of this, and it doesn't turn to a crap hole like, well, the rest of Baltimore. I'm just saying. I'm Stretch. Another Moto Minute brought to you by LBZ is coming up one hour from now. Big 4-9. It is a stretch show. I got bad news. I got bad news. I pulled a card during the segment. I haven't, t- I haven't messed with the cards in a very long time. I just put them aside, trying not to mess with that stuff. It's a powerful mojo there. And I'm, uh, I'm in the middle of a transition. And sometimes you can get some clarity by going to the cards. So I want to know... If what I'm doing, I'm taking a huge gamble, huge, here in the next couple weeks. And I want to know if if that was right. So I go to the cards to check. And basically the card that I pulled is the High Priestess card, which basically just tells you that your intuitive sense is providing you with useful information, is assisting you to become more in touch with the subconscious and that you need to... uh, feel rather than think. Don't think about stuff. Go with what you feel. And I feel that I'm doing the right thing. And I am dialed the F in according to the cards right now. And it's weird. I just I mentioned earlier that, you know, there's that whole bus thing. But we're going to leave that alone. We're gonna, I'm not going to talk about that for a while. But it's weird that I'm super dialed in right now. The powers are at like an all-time high. Just, woo, and they're not my powers. I got no powers. I'm just a big fat idiot that likes to eat bacon and talk about midgets on the radio. No, 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 no. The power's coming through the cards. The universe, ooh, they're talking to me. Tell you that. Whew, boy. This craziness. Yeah, watch out for buses. Watch out for buses. All right, uh, here's a card. I said I was going to do some hacker stories today, and, and I haven't got the one, so let's break out the first one here. The U.S. government says that they have kicked the Ruskies in the nuts, basically by breaking up a big hacking uh, malware that was run by the Russian government. And of course, here's what's crazy. It was in all kinds of top secret computers of the United States and our NATO allies. We all had it. So the Ruskies had got in and were wreaking havoc and spying on us. Here's what's weird. They know it's there. They say they know it's there. Yet these things are just stealing stuff left and right say it's been targeted by the Russian government dating back as early as 2004. This malware's been around. Now, they came up what they did, but you can't, like, malware is tough to deal with. So what they did is they created their own thing called Medusa. And they put Medusa into all these computers all around the world. And it basically neutralized the Russian malware and got it to turn itself off and shut itself off and so they basically hacked the hackers hacking spyware and got it to kill itself 
and then they've got another one now that they're using too. And here's what's weird. You know if, if Russia can do it, we can do it, and you know we do it, and you know China does it, and everybody does it, and everyone's a spying bitch. But good news is the Ruskies are cut off from at least that line of information for now. God knows what China's got on us. China just has people in the White House working for them. <laughs> like the president. <laughs> you douchebag. You senile old prick, you. I'm stretch. It's the Big 49 getting our hump day on. Big 49. Moto. Minute. Brought to you by LBZ. Saturday night in Denver, there was so much excitement in the 450 division that the 250s got completely overshadowed. Don't forget, Jed Lawrence won his fourth 250 title. It was the last title he'll win on a 250 because he's moving up the 450s for the outdoor season, and it was pretty impressive. You got Honda winning both 250 titles this year and the 450 when Chase Sexton is crowned champion after Utah. So that's a pretty impressive deal. Also, RJ Hampshire got an overall win, and that's something that hasn't happened much with Jet Lawrence being in his division. So shout out to RJ, great work by him. He's gonna finish second overall in the 250 West, which is a pretty solid day for him. I'm Stretch, another Moto Minute brought to you by LBC is coming up one hour from now. Oh, man, time to get our bounce on. Time to roll into San Bernardino. Get your bounce on. Rolling out gangsta style. We got fans in San Bernardino. Shout out to everybody in San Bernardino. Shout out to the San Bernardino County Sheriffs. Friends of the 49. Salute. Even though the story going to make you look bad. I'm just saying. I pointed out when it's there, it's there. I can't hide from the truth. I can only say it. I'm a truth sayer. That's what Stretch does. I don't care if it pisses people off. I'll tell you the truth. The truth is the truth and the truth you need to hear. Well, here's what's going on. There's a big business in San Bernardino County. And they got hacked. And it was a malware. Just told you about a big one put in by uh, the Russian government all over State Department computers all around the world and NATO-friendly nations as well. And they finally disrupted that. Well, this one got into the computers of this big giant company in San Bernardino. And well, it <coughs> took over. And they're like, hey, here's the deal. I'm going to need you to pay a ransom or we're going to shut you down. And so they said, oh, no, we were prepared for this, the big company. And we have insurance. So they paid the ransom and got their computers back. Here's the problem. It was the San Bernardino County Sheriff's Department. The sheriff's department got hacked and paid a ransom to bad guys to get their computers back. That's a bad look. I get they're still investigating. I get there's a chance of recovery. I have a get that a feeling that they're going to try a hell of a lot harder when it's them that are embarrassed, not like some old lady. $1.1 million they paid and they had an insurance policy to do it. San Bernardino County Sheriff's. Yeah, we're cooperating. We're giving money to the criminals. We got criminals. We got extorted by a criminal. That's not good luck. Please say F you. They say they didn't pay $1.1 million. They only paid $511,852 stretch. Don't get your panties in a bunch. That's what they said. Less than half of what they asked for. Uh, the county had prepared for the possibility and went ahead and got that insurance policy. Uh... 
Sheriff Shannon Dickus came out and he said, hey, the attack didn't impact public safety. It didn't. It did impact a little bit how deputies were able to conduct their usual business, but we got it under control. We paid the ransom, and they gave us back our computers. Say it's an ongoing investigation. There you go. So if, uh, that's terrifying to me. And balls of steel that you would hack an effing police department, a county police department. Balls of steel. I got balls of steel, too, and when I go outside and it's cold, man, they freeze. <sighs> Big 49. I'm going to pack it up next, bring back my friend Ken Rocks, and hope we're still friends after I told the story of how I did Wagium one time. One time. Back in, I think it was like 2019, 2020, last time Cooper Webb won the championship. Yeah. Anyway, we're past that point. Talk to him next. It's the Big 49.